Hey, before we dive into today's episode, I've got something really special to share with you. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you probably know that nothing excites me more than connecting with smart, ambitious people in our lifestyle investor community. So this May, I'm hosting a one-day live event right here in Austin, Texas. This will only be the second time we've ever opened our doors to non-mastermind members, and the last time we did it, attendees said it was the best event of 2023. The one-day event is a small, interactive workshop designed to be as impactful and actionable as possible. You'll be learning hands-on from some of the brightest minds and my personal go-to experts in the industry. I'm thrilled to welcome Garrett Gunderson, the brilliant and hilarious mind behind Money Unmasked and the New York Times and Wall Street Journal best-selling book, Killing Sacred Cows. He's going to share his insights on how to grow your assets tax-free with life insurance. And you'll also get some time with Rob Dial, the mastermind behind the Mindset Mentor podcast, who will share with you how to unlock your true wealth potential. Then you'll get to participate in a special investment presentation, in-depth discussions, and breakout sessions on two crucial yet often overlooked topics, personalized tax strategies and wealth building. And lastly, for those of you who are serious about taking a more proactive approach, when you join us for the one-day live event, you'll be invited to a one-day vetting deals course happening the day before the main event. It's our most requested course, and we want to have this unique opportunity to learn directly from one of my personal friends and best resources, Hans Box, who vets the majority of our deals inside the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind. He'll walk you through his process so you can refine yours, along with plenty of commentary from me. We're keeping the size of this group super limited to ensure that you receive personal attention and get all your questions answered. So if you're ready to join us, head over to lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash live to secure your ticket. Once again, that's lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash live. I can't wait to see you there. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Imagine being able to earn passive income, build long-term wealth, while gaining total freedom from your business or job. That's what lifestyle investing is all about. I'm your host, Justin Donald, and in less than two years, my investments drove enough passive income for both my wife and me to quit our jobs. And now, I want to show you how to do the same. I want to teach you how to create wealth without creating a job. You'll learn the exact same investment strategies I use to multiply my net worth to over eight figures all before the age of 40. If you want to learn all about low-risk cash flow investing, achieve financial freedom, and live the life you truly desire, this podcast is going to show you exactly how to do it. Today, I'm speaking with Hans Box. In 2009, Hans took a leap of faith, quit his job at PricewaterhouseCooper, and bought a handful of rental properties. Under a client's mentorship, he invested a substantial amount of his net worth into a deal overseeing 800 units of multifamily housing. When things started to go wrong, Hans's partners voted for him and his current business partner to take over the deal, and he was able to take the investment from the negatives to a 24% return. Today, Hans brings his CPA skills to the podcast to share the story of how salvaging a high-risk deal informed his unique outlook on investing. During our discussion, we cover, one, how to evaluate and structure a deal while minimizing risk, two, how partners, sponsors, managers, and operating teams should perform under ideal circumstances, and three, why lifestyle investing isn't about sitting on a beach for the rest of your life. Thanks for listening, and without further delay, my conversation with Hans Box. All right. Well, I'm excited to have you here joining us, Hans. You know, it's been uh, a long time coming because you and I uh, talk about investing all the time. I mean, the, the, in our spare time, this is what we love spending time doing. And uh, I, I'm just so excited to have you on the show. So welcome. Oh, thanks for having me, Justin. I'm honored to be on. So what uh, what's new and exciting in your world today? 
Uh, I'd love to know kind of what's up with you. And then, you know, after that, uh, give a little history of, you know, you as I know you. Sure, sure. Um, well, I mean, new and exciting. I, I'm pretty excited for 2021 after getting through 2020. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities from, from some of the issues that have happened in 2020. And th- those are good investing opportunities. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about my loan business and, and that increasing as we have a lot of my clients are starting to buy multifamily units and apartments. So I'm excited about that. And, you know, in general, just excited to get started for 2021. And my history, I guess, if you ask what my general history is, is I am a CPA by trade. You know, I'm a recovering CPA, as they say. I stopped doing <laughs> I stopped doing that work. Oh, in 20, 2009 or so, I, I got a master's in accounting, but I just didn't really enjoy it. And I didn't like having a job. And so what I did is I took a Leap of faith in 2009. I bought two or three rent houses at this point. Timed the market pretty well, although there was it was hard to find money at the time. It was easy to find deals, and now, as you know, it's kind of opposite. So um, I quit my job at a one of the big four Price Waterhouse Coopers accounting firms. Congratulations, by the way that that's a huge deal. It's tough to walk away from the prestigious name. And I know you are making good money and, and to just leave it all behind. Kudos to you. It was scary. And honestly, if I, you know, had, you know, probably at, at this age now, I wouldn't, I'd be, I don't think I could do it, which is what made me do it, you know, 11 years ago or so, because I knew that I would get these handcuffs and I wouldn't be able to leave. So I was like, I want to look back and not have any regrets. So I quit. And went and worked with a guy that uh, needed help on his accounting. He owned about 800 uh, units of multifamily spread across like four or five properties, I guess, three or four properties. And I fixed his accounting and the deal was he was going to mentor me in, in real estate, in, in particular in multifamily. And he had a lot of experience, but long story short, I got in a couple deals with him and I put my entire net worth at the time in those deals. And one of them wasn't going very well at all. Uh-oh. Yeah. So what happened, long story short, is that uh, the partners voted to for me and my now current business partner to take over the deal. So he was a passive investor in the deal, just like I was. And we were so worried about it that all the partners got together and said, hey, you know, Hans, Doug, take over this deal and save our save our initial investment. They weren't even that interested in getting a profit at that point. So we got voted in, we took over control of the deal. So we basically were the sponsors at that point. We hired the management company that we've been asking him to hire for a year. And she helped us turn the deal around and we sold it for a nice profit. In fact, a record price at the time in the submarket. Wow. Yeah. So it went, it went well. Um, you know, it wasn't a home run because we were starting from negative, but it was a, a decent return, like a 24% return. That's awesome. And your first time ever doing anything like this. Yeah. And that was just to save my investment. Honestly, I, I had no intention of, of, you know, trying to do that full time. And, and um, so that started a critical mass of investors that were in that deal, um, probably 20 or so that, and they started asking myself and Doug, you know, are you guys going to do any more of these types of, of deals? Are you going to raise any more money? Or are you going to go do your own stuff? And that got us to thinking, and that's what, got us started into raising funds and doing preferred equity and multifamily and self-storage on and all the, the similar type deals we've done. I love it. And I want to get more into that, Hans. But what what I want the listeners to understand is the, the scenario where you were able to be voted in um, to run things. That's pretty rare. I mean, you got to be really careful when you're investing with groups because often the subscription docs don't allow this to happen. Can you expand on that a little? Oh, precisely. And in fact, that experience is what kind of shaped my entire investment philosophy. You know, the experience of possibly losing my money, the experience of, of the difficulties of, of replacing the sponsor in that in that particular deal. And, and it turns out, you know, that we luckily did have that written into the operating agreement where they could be voted out by, I think it was a required interest, but it turns out it was unanimous except for one person. But going forward, you know, on a lot of my deals where I've invested with smaller sponsors that don't, I'm not talking the big funds that are $100 million funds, but the smaller investors where they're raising two to $5 million and, and they have some track record, but not a lot. I really like to see the ability 
to take out the sponsor or the manager if they are underperforming and, and the rest of the partners agree that they want to do it. It shouldn't be for any reason, but it definitely should be there to protect your investment for smaller deals. You're not going to see that in the big deals. Now, let's take a few steps back because I want to make sure our listeners totally understand what is going on here because you've used some terms that you and I will exchange pretty easily and, and other investors will exchange. But if someone's just getting started, they may not know what a sponsor is or what a general partner is or what a limited partner is. So I think it might be nice if you can color in for us from your perspective what that world looks like just so that we have more of a, you know, a, a nice canvas to see that the whole painting uh, displayed. Sure, sure. So sorry for that. A sponsor is actually is, is the person that's leading the deal, that's putting the deal together. They're driving the ship, as, as you put it. They will be asset managing the deal and, and um, not necessarily daily managing an apartment complex, say, as, your, as our example. They will hire the management company that will manage the deal and then they'll steer the ship. And then the LPs are the limited partners or passive investors or lifestyle investors that actually invest in the deal, but are passive, meaning they don't really have much say in what goes on day to day. They may have votes on larger decisions that need to be made, like a refinance or a sale, making a decision to sell. But in general, they're not, they're not dealing with the day to day, i.e. they're passive, and which actually fits your mantra and kind of what you want to do. Yeah. I love deals like that because you're not doing the work. You do some work to make sure that the deal is right and you vet the deal itself, the market or sub-market that it's in and vet the team that's running it, both the sponsor or the general partner uh, and the operating team, right? And, and so you want to know that there's a good track record. And part of the reason why I love having you on the show, Hans, is because this is what you do now. So you had this crazy experience. And luckily, the subscription docs allowed you to be voted in and take over when most of the time that uh, that doesn't happen. Like this is not a common occurrence, unfortunately. And so uh, I, I know that you're really keen on making sure that these, uh, you know, this specific language and these these words and terms are, are in these agreements, just in case a worst case scenario happens and you can protect yourself. But for your deals, you act as the sponsor or the general partner, and you put these together. And then you have a team of limited partners, which would be the example, you know, starting with the limited partners of the first deal that you did that just followed you on to future deals. And many of these people I've met just are great guys and gals and smart uh, investors. Uh, and, and it's neat seeing kind of how our worlds have uh, collided or coincided. Yeah, definitely. You know, at the time, I wasn't happy that it was happening. <laughs> and it was trial by fire for me, really. But it, it turned out really well. And it actually, was an, it was a wonderful way to learn. I don't know that I would would have picked that. But now I wouldn't trade it for anything because it, it really did shape the way I invest. And I, I'm, I'm kind of all about hitting singles and doubles and getting cash flow. I'd love to hit a home run once in a while, but that's I want to do that almost by accident. I want to protect my original principle. And, and what happened in that deal, I guess it was 2009 to 2012, it, it just it shaped the way I look at, at my um, investment principle. And, and basically, I don't want to lose money. That's my first goal. Yeah. And you set it up really well. I look for singles and doubles because that's what I want to get. And when I, you know, assess the risk versus reward, you know, the, let's say that there's not a lot of risk in this deal, but you can get a single or you can get a double. Great. And then if accidentally ends up being a home run, even better because you went into the deal, not thinking it was going to be a home run. You went into the deal, protecting the downside, making sure that the risk is reasonable or mitigated as, as much as humanly possible. And so I love that you do it that way. Yeah, thank you. And it's, yeah, the risk mitigation is, it, I think a lot of people get caught up in IRRs and, and uh, average ROI or cash flow and don't look at the risk adjusted rate of return. There's a big difference between a 20 IRR that's highly risky and a 12 IRR that's very low risk. To me, the 12 is a higher risk-adjusted rate of return because you have a very low chance of losing your principal. So, you know, it's just, it's something that you kind of get better at as you practice and look at deals and, and invest, you know, over time. But it's something that I've developed over the last 10 years too. That's awesome. And I, I what I'd really love for you to do is expand on that more because 
What I find in, you know, a lot of people, and by the way, you know, Hans is part of my lifestyle investor mastermind and really just is a wealth of knowledge, a great resource. You know, people look up to him in in the group and he has such expertise, especially in, in the realm of real estate and syndicating and terms, lending. I mean, you name it. And so it's really awesome. But what we find of a lot of people uh, in this group and other people that I've coached and other people I just talked to is that they're lured into this really high, really exciting IRR or internal rate of return, uh, which is one of the main components to factoring or evaluating what a return is going to look like. You know, it's, it's like a measurement on, on uh, you know, of, of you know, fi- of, of your financial strength. Okay. Uh, measurement of profitability. So let's dissect this because most people are like, ooh, nice. I'm going to be cash in checks. This is a 20% IRR, or let's even use your first deal, 24% IRR. And most people won't promote that because they know better. But, you know, let, let's just say people, you know, first time investors are new, you know, people that, that aren't as experienced in the game, they're like, cool, I'm going to be able to, you know, buy this and that and whatever. And they show up as if they already made that money. And you can't do that. So how, how do you figure out this risk-adjusted return? Well, you have to look at a thousand factors, unfortunately. There's a lot to learn and there's a lot to do there. But it's, you know, I, I tell a lot of people that, that invest on the side, it's like you almost have to treat it as your second job and be very serious about it because a lot of people will spend months trying to figure out what 55-inch TV to buy, but they don't hesitate to throw in 25000 50000 into a deal instead of doing a very, very deep dive. So the way I do it is I, I dive pretty deep on, on, especially with sponsors that don't have a massive track record or I, who I don't know personally or things like that. I just want to understand what am I getting into? And of course, there's always going to be aspects of the deal that have some risk. And there's always going to be aspects of the deal that if you had your choice, you would change this and tweak that, but you can't do that. You got to be, it's a little bit of a science and a little bit of an art at the same time. And you have to be able to accept X return based on on these 10 data points that I know. And so that's kind of how I've developed it over the years. We try to, as sponsors, structure our deals the way I would look for if I was investing in somebody else's. That's kind of the way we've thought through the process. So me doing my own deals has actually improved my ability to passively invest with other people because I want to, it helps me understand what other people want. I love that. I think that's so great. And and for our listeners, I want everyone to know, I mean, it's been really fun because Hans and I, uh, we actually met at a Go Abundance event here in Austin, Texas. And we were supposed to connect. For some reason, we never did. You know, you guys probably know how that goes. You have good intentions and then your you know real life sets in and uh, didn't get scheduled. I always tell people what gets scheduled happens and what doesn't, doesn't. Uh, and so uh, we didn't end up uh, hanging. And then we were at this other investor event and we ran into each other. This was out in, in LA and we ran into each other and I'm like, gosh, you look familiar. And he's like, you look familiar. And uh, it was just great because uh, eventually uh, I can't even remember who placed it. I, I may have placed it. You may have placed it, but we figured out how we knew each other. And, you know, we were fast friends after that. Um, And then when I started my original Investor Club series, you're one of the OGs of that, you know, so it started with me and, and kind of one other guy and we brought in a second guy. So it was the three of us. uh, And we were kind of hanging out and that was Brad Johnson and Sean Sparks and then uh, brought in Ryan Levesque, and then brought in you, Hans. Uh, you know, we brought in Dinesh, who I'll feature in a future episode, and uh, Ryan Casey, and and really the group just grew and formed from there, which was really neat. Yeah, it was almost it was very organic, which which made it kind of special, because we all kind of see things the same way, and it's very easy conversation, whether it's the mastermind or the investor uh, lifestyle calls. And I really appreciate you bringing me in. It's been it's been a great experience so far. Oh, it's so cool. Well, it's it's great because we both have. Uh, respect and admiration for what the other has done. And when you live in that space, it's really easy to learn the things that you don't know as well. And, you know, I can, I recognize for you, you've got superpowers that I don't have. And so I'm able to glean and 
you know, learn off of you, uh, especially having a background as a CPA, though you don't practice today, it doesn't mean that it's not a foundational part of what you do and how you uh, look at the world, you know, your worldview, your investment worldview uh, is, is trained by that lens. And there's a lot of strength in that. Yo, yeah, yeah. Like I said earlier, my world has been shaped by a first deal. And then also the fact that I am a CPA and by nature, I'm conservative, right? So those two things together have just, uh, have kind of, uh, you know, guided me through my investment journey. But I will say after meeting you and joining the mastermind and joining uh, the other calls, one of the things that opened my eyes was there's a bigger world out there than the singles and doubles in real estate. There's other things you can invest in. There's debt plays that you can invest in. It's not just about equity and real estate, which is kind of where my focus was. And there's ways to reduce risk and increase upside which is one of the things you introduced me to. And I'm you know, grateful for that. And, and uh, you know, the velocity of money, really, that's really what I learned a lot from you on is how to invest for the velocity of money. I always went for the long term. We, in fact, we had like signal conversations about, well, this is risk. Well, no, I think this is higher risk or this is lower risk because I was all about, I want my money. I want to make my 8% for 10 years and then make an upside at sale. But you were like, I want my money back so I can I can reinvest it. So is there a way to do it that way too? And some deals there is, and it's, it's been a, a great thing to learn. Yeah. And, and that's a great point. And, you know, it, it's, there, there's so many different ways to do it. So could you have kept doing it the way you were doing it and had plenty of success? You bet. And could I keep doing it the way that I'm doing it and have plenty of success? Sure. But really where uh, the strength really starts to grow and and kind of become exponential is where you can kind of combine those and you can find deals where you get aspects of both or you're able to utilize and leverage one into another deal. And so to me, it's about having as big of an investment war chest as you can with as many philosophies and strategies as you can, because then you're more well-rounded as an investor. Oh, 100%. I mean, I try to learn from every investor that I that I talk with, you know, yourself, my business partner, he's gotten stuff from me, I've gotten stuff from him that I wouldn't have thought about when we look at deals. And so every time I, I look at deals or work with other with new investors, or we have co sponsors, I learn something. And so the key within this is, it's just like anything else on a job, you're always learning, right? You're always improving yourself on a job. Well, it's the same way with investing. You you have to continually learn and grow because deals change and circumstances change and macroeconomic uh, climate changes. So you have to always, always learn. Yeah, that's awesome. So for you, you're able to transition out of a job. Obviously, you've got some investments that are working. You've learned to get even better at investing. Part of the reason I wanted you on this podcast is because you're a lifestyle investor. You're not just part of the mastermind trying to become a lifestyle investor. You are, you live the life. You don't have to work if you don't want to, but you like to, you get a joy out of doing it. And you're like me, you love finding a good deal and you love sharing it with other people. And uh, you love finding ways to kind of just tweak it a little bit more and make it just a little bit better or tweak it just to make it a little bit safer. And so tell me about that. Tell me about this world of, you know, what it's like to have the cash flow to live your life, but then, you know, still getting to work. It's because I, to me, it's different. It's so I don't have to work. I get to work and it's not like I'm not going to work. That would be really boring. I just want to work on the things that really inspire me and are, you know, enjoyable and bring me passion and work with people that I want to be around. I'm I'm curious what it's like for you. It's similar. Um, You know, 10 years ago, I had no idea that I would be where I am today. And it's the result of investing and doing those singles and doubles and that snowballing over and over. And you're right. I don't technically have to work. Um, my passive income more than covers my expenses and we could still go on our vacations and, and whatever, but I enjoy it. So I enjoy working with my business partner. I, that allows me to do more of that. I enjoy working with him and finding deals and us raising money. And actually I enjoy helping our set of accredited investors, uh, fulfill their dreams. And, and, you know, we have multiple, uh, people that have lost their spouses in our investor group. And there's a couple ladies that totally depend on us to where should we put our money and invest. It's a lot of responsibility, but it's also rewarding. And you're really adding value to them by helping them to invest. So that's why we continue doing that. I, I love doing it. And, 
And honestly, I like freedom. And freedom means I can do what I want, when I want, how I want at any time. And, and once you are able to get to that point, it doesn't have to be a ton of passive income because I, I passed that point a long time ago because I live cheaply. But of course, as I've made more money, my expenses have gone up, but I'm still well above it. But when, once you get free, then you, it's amazing like what the doors that open because you, then you just start doing what you want and you're not, you don't feel this pressure to, you know, bring home a paycheck every two weeks because, uh, you know, cause you have to, you want to do it cause you want to, like you said. So it's been, it's been a great experience. And I, you know, honestly, you know, my, my wife still works and she does it for the same reason. She, she loves to work. She needs to find a different position within her company, in my opinion, but, uh, she loves it and, and she could, doesn't have to work, but she's doing it for the same reason. She, it, I think, I think working is, is everyone needs it for self-esteem purposes. You can't just not work. So I wouldn't want your listeners to think, oh, I'm going to do passive investing and then I'm not going to need to have a job. So I'm just going to sit on a beach because that's, that's not how we've built. That's not how I built my net worth over time. And I'm sure that's not how you built yours. So you, you have to continue to work. It's a second job, really. But it's fun. Yeah. And, and the other thing is once money is taken care of, once your expenses, your lifestyle is taken care of, it becomes more of a game. It really does. It becomes kind of fun. And you're trying, it's like you're playing uh, Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow game, or you're playing Monopoly or where really it's like there, there's fun in it. And it's not about like trying to just survive. And I know that that can be tough at that point in time in your life, but you can get beyond that if you're, if that's where you are right now. And, and I have experienced when money is really, really tight before and barely getting by either because, you know, not enough cash is flowing in, or maybe I didn't make as good a choice as I could have made with the cash that was coming in either or. And especially when starting a new business, I mean, goodness sakes, I've made some some huge mistakes with cash flow <laughs> in that regard. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'll, I'll second that. I would want your listeners to to realize that you you know people tend to overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in five to ten years, and and that goes back to my earlier statement of I, you know ten years ago I never would have guessed I could be sitting here in Austin and having this conversation with you about about my current world. And, you know, because when, when I quit PwC, my wife also decided to go to law school at that exact moment. So technically, neither of us have income, right? I, I had sort of income from, from working with this guy, but it was tiny amount. And we were literally turning off everything in our house before we left to save on. Like, I would unplug my, my TV when I left. I remember distinctly doing that to save money because we were, we were living on basically nothing. You know, so it was, it, and to me at the time when I was doing it, it wasn't, I didn't look at it like a sacrifice. It was like an investment and, and hey, here's what I wanted to do. I don't want to have regrets. Let me go try to do it. So, you know, it's not just going to be like that. It's, it's something that you just, you build and you build and you build. And the next thing you look back five years later and you're like, wow, you know, I've, I've done decently well. So. Yeah. And, you know, you and I were talking at one point because, uh, and this this is offline. This is not even today. This is just another time. And you're like, yeah, I don't know that I ever thought I was going to be this successful, like where I am today. Like, I don't know that I envisioned it that big, which is really cool, you know, because uh, you're, you're very modest and, you know, listeners may have no clue how successful you are. I can assure you are, assure you all that Hans is incredibly successful, but most people don't know how successful and it's neat because you have exceeded your, uh, expectations or, uh, thoughts maybe growing up on where you would be today. Yeah. And that's from, from reading books and, and meeting individuals like yourself that think a little bigger. I mean, in fact, that's one of the things I think I told you a, a, a few months ago is that, you know, one of the things I need to work on is to try to think bigger. And in spite of, of my, I guess, um, you know, disability in that area, I've, I've still managed to do decently well. And, and, um, and those singles and doubles have turned out very well. So, you know, you, you can overcome that if you want to grow and learn. So the key is to listen to podcasts like this, read books, and just, just absorb knowledge and um, your, your mindset will change. Totally. And who you surround yourself with makes all the difference. I mean, 
peer group and mentorship are like the two biggest things. And, and peer group, by the way, can include authors, right? Hans talked about it. I've talked about it before. I mean, before I had mentors, my mentors were authors that I wanted to learn from. And then I've just been very intentional about who I spend my time with in, in terms of my peer group. I, I really want to make sure that the people that I'm spending the most time with are bringing me up, are encouraging me, that they're helping me think about the game of life and uh, the game of business and investing in a bigger way. And by the way, you've done a great job because you know your wife, Jill, is amazing. And your business partner, who I had the luxury of, of hanging with when I our family took a trip out to, well, we went all over this past summer, but we spent a month in Colorado and uh, I got a chance to, you know, to hang with Doug and it was just awesome. We went to this really cool smoothie shop and got some healthy things, which is great because that's, you know, we're, we both speak that same language. Oh, definitely. He had just gotten done with like a four hour bike ride or something. I mean, something so crazy. I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, you know, he's just a freak athlete and, and uh, you know, mind over matter. It's it, it was just awesome. So, I mean, you've done a killer job. Uh, because you've been intentional about who you're spending time with. I mean, we've gone to dinner with you and Jill and, and just, I mean, you have, like, I always compliment people when they have traded up, they found, you know, someone that brings them up in, in the world of, of being married and, and, you know, what their spouse brings to the table. And I feel like I have too, I'm, I'm lucky in that, but you have also been intentional outside of those key relationships. You've got your marriage. That's really important. You've got your business partnership. That's really important. But for you, you've been, you've joined investment groups. You're part of Go Abundance. You know, I had David Osborne on the show a few, uh, let's see, probably a month back. And uh, I know you and David are close and, and, you know, I mean, David's done a great job with that group, but you swear by it as well. And I'd love for you to talk for a little bit on your experience with peer group and why you're so intentional about it. Yeah. Um, um, and you're right. It's, it's, it's for many of the reasons that you just cited, um, you know, being a member of GoBundance, I, I joined them back in 2017 or so. And it's, it's a group of men. It's, it's for men focused on men. And well, now there's GoBundance women. So there's a women's chapter as well. Exactly. There's a women's chapter. Now the GoBundance I'm in is GoBundance men, obviously. And it's been a really great experience because it's it's to get around peers and people that think like you do and will push you. You know, there's there's guys in there that are doing ten times what I've done, and there's guys in there that are are ten times below me. And you know, and and so you're around a lot of different people, but all of them are hard driving, and they're looking to improve their lives and all facets of their life. So it's not just about business. It's about business. It's about health. It's about uh, generosity. It's about uh, relationships and, and parenting and things like that. So it's, it's, it's an all-rounded, well-rounded group. And being within a group like that and getting pushed on a daily basis, or you know, we have events all the time and, and meeting these guys and seeing guys that are 10 years younger than me that are doing incredible things. And then, you know, and then I, you know, talk to some of the older individuals and they offer their wisdom. It's just been a great experience in that respect. Yeah, but then we also have done other stuff. Like, you know, my wife and I went to Tony Robbins' date with Destiny, and that was way out of my box. I'm in this, my last name is Box, but it literally, that was not not within my normal parameters is to going to something like that. It's a, it's a very intense six days, and it forces you to, to look inwards, and it also forces you to be very outgoing which aren't either of the things that I love to do. And so it, it but it was fun. I, I, I loved it. Uh, loved that I went and I enjoyed the experience. And I, I hope things get back to normal so that they, people can attend that uh, in person again, because you have to be in person, I think, to really experience that. So, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, I go to meetups all the time and try to get around individuals that think like me. So it's just, I, I've sampled a lot of it. And and then I've latched on to a few that I really like, which are, you know, go abundance and then, you know, joining your mastermind group. So it's really, it's, it's been a great experience, but again, it's, it's something you kind of got to go sample and learn about and then figure out what environment are you looking for? It's going to help, you know, drive you to that next level. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for kind of breaking that down and for the kind words on on our mastermind, because you had so much value there. And I couldn't agree with you more about Tony Robbins' Date with Destiny. I mean, that may have been one of the most impactful and pivotal events and experiences of my life. I mean, I really believe that that event changed the trajectory of where I was going. I would say, you know, UPW, Unleash the Power Within, was the first event that was just really eye-opening. And and I had some big changes in my life then. But Date with Destiny was a game changer for relationships, for long-term. I mean, my wife went to that at a separate event. So when I first went to it, we weren't married yet. But like at that event, that's when I figured out like, okay, this is the woman I'm going to marry. Wow. Well, then it was life-changing. <laughs> yeah. The whole reason I haven't is because I think I've been scared, you know? Yeah. Right. Or looking at it the wrong way, looking at like, well, what am I getting out of it versus what am I giving to it? Yeah, it was a it was a great experience. And my wife and I went together, but they they separate you if you're married. And I literally only saw my wife at the end of the night every night, like at 2 a.m. when the thing ended every night. And uh, otherwise, she's with her own group. I'm with mine. And it kind of allowed us to experience it fully on our own, because if you're together and you're a husband wife, it's just you, you tend to temper you know, maybe some, some of the, the writing you do and some of the, the, the revelations, I guess you may have during the event. So it, it was really great. And it was great that she came because she got a ton out of it as well. A ton of it. Yeah. And, and my wife too. And, you know, and it was really outside of her box. I wouldn't say it was too far outside of mine, but it was, it was for sure. Like <laughs> she was like, Are you, what's this? This sounds a little crazy, you know? Uh, but she's so thankful she went. And I, I mean, I, it was really a game changer for each of us. And sometimes it's just easier to talk openly and vulnerably around people who don't know you that you may never see again. So you can say whatever, right? You're not going to look bad because that you're likely not going to see this person again. Yeah. And that actually brings up a good point that I forgot to mention earlier when we, you were asking me to talk about the groups that I'm members of. One of the big advantages of getting around people that are kind of, you know, your peers at least in GoBundance and in these other groups, we talk about everything. And, you know, it's, we talk about things that, that I wouldn't talk to friends that I've known for 25 years about, you know, income, net worth, or even relationship problems. We have guys in there that'll, that'll basically just, and, and it's not like we're best friends and we know everybody. There's like 150, 200 guys in the group. So you can't know everybody perfectly well, but the beauty of the group is it's so open and you can, just talk and 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 learn from people that are that are at your on your peer level, and that's it's probably been the best thing about it to me is is being able to talk to people that you know and not hide something because you've known each other for twenty five years. It's it's just completely open and accountable. It's great. Yeah, and I think that there are some things that the groups that we're part of do really well. So I know Go Abundance does this. I know that um, Tiger Twenty One, which I'm part of, they do this where you have like a scorecard or you have your net worth statement and it's like a one page. It's like a, here, here's what I have accomplished. So one of the things at first, when I heard this, I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I like that because then you're jockeying and it's like, how good am I compared to someone else? And I don't think that someone's human life value should ever be based on their net worth, you know, what they earn, what they do for a living. Like to me, like if there was any one, you know, uh, barometer, uh, if if there's like one thing that you're making those judgments on, uh, to me, it's like, how good of a person are you? Like, how much do you help other people out? How, uh, how selfless are you? How are your relationships with people? That to me matters more than anything uh, in the realm of money. Uh, now, that being said, that disclaimer out of the way, uh, I think that there's a lot of value in knowing what your real net worth is, knowing what your assets minus your liabilities are. What does that equal? Do you have a negative net worth? That's good to know. And it's okay. It's just, it it is what it is. And then you work out of that? Or is it, you know, have you gotten it to be positive and how positive and, and then what are, what's the next step that you can take there and not to be better or higher than someone else, but more of like the self challenge. It's like, can you improve your financial situation for you and your family? Can you create something better? And then can you help other people? 
So I'm a big fan of having uh, mentorship on two different levels, right? You are a mentee to some and you're a mentor to others. You're taking and giving all at the same time. But I think it's powerful to know where you are financially, just like it's powerful to know where you are from a health standpoint. You should get regular checkups with a doctor at least once a year. Know what you're, you know, get your blood drawn and, and, and read and know where you are. I mean, it's kind of like you need your pulse, your financial pulse, your physical pulse. You need it all. You have to track Right. You, you track other aspects of your life. So why, why wouldn't you track your finances and track where you are? And if you have and when you set goals, then you can you can envision that. If, but if you're not tracking it, there's no way to get there. You know, I track my net worth, obviously, because we go over it all the time and go abundance. And um, and then we you know, we also have measurements of like happiness index. There's a kind of happiness. So it's not net worth isn't just about sometimes isn't just about your money. It's about your overall life. Like what, what how are you overall doing? You know, so that's the way we look at that. And then, you know, I track I track my passive income streams. So when one goes away or, or a deal sells and it goes away, I, I track it. So that way I know kind of, you know, what I have coming in a month or available so I can make decisions about investing and living my life. Yeah. And something I've, I've coached people on for many years is what gets measured gets improved and what doesn't get measured doesn't. So I just think it's so important to figure out what it is that's most important in your world. And hey, we're at the beginning of the year. So I mean, one of the things that my wife and I love to do that we do every year, we've been doing this. uh, So we're celebrating here our uh, 10th anniversary in uh, literally days. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's it's exciting. We, We just passed that. All right. I love it. Yeah, it's so cool. And so even while we were dating, we kind of had this, uh, we created this dreams list together. And then we had goals and we had this whole planning day. And now it's, you know, I call it my family planning day. And I've got, you know, a document to it. And it's a little more formal. And I, I believe you've seen it, right? I think we went through that in the master class. And so I love this thing because it's so good to figure out where you are. So and I look at wealth, you know, so wealth, one component of it is money, you know, financial, that could be net worth, what I think is, uh, what I will tell you is even more important than net worth, in my opinion, is just cash flow, your cash flow statement, you know, it's, you think about business, and you think about how important it is, if anyone who's a business owner, you, it's important that you have your profit and loss statement, but especially in the early stages and and even further on, I mean, your cash flow statement's more important than that, because that's what keeps you afloat. I, I mean, it's, like what your profit and loss statement says isn't an actual representation of how much money you have in the bank right now, you know, and how much is coming in and what's going out. So that to me is so important. So to me, your, you know, your profit and loss is kind of like your net worth statement, but your cash flow, which to me is like your most important component or metric of measuring a business. Most people don't even look at it in their own life. And to me, that that's what you want to look at in your own life. Where's your passive income? You know, some people call it horizontal income as opposed to vertical income, right? And you, your vertical income is kind of like your earned income and your horizontal income is being able to earn on multiple income streams based on passive income. And, and however you describe it, I just think that that's an important component to know. So when I think about like planning, we talk about net worth, we talk about cash flow, but we also talk about health. Where are we with our health? Are we where we want to be? Are we not where we want to be? We talk about that from an emotional standpoint. Uh, an intellectual standpoint and a physical standpoint. You know, we talk about our passions and our purpose. Uh, we talk about dreams that we would be excited to accomplish together and, uh, and and then even separately. And then we help hold each other accountable to getting those. And we, you know, have good celebrations for it. So to me, this is such an important way to kick off and start the new year. Yeah, you know, I 100% agree. I mean, and the beauty of, you know, the groups I'm in is like it almost naturally happens in these groups is is to go over your one sheet and look at your goals for the year, your goals for each quarter and within each each uh, each pillar of of what GoBundance represents or, or whatever group you're a member of. So it's, you know, I think we're kind of moving into goal setting here, but, you know, that that is very, it's very important to have stuff written down. I mean, I, I'm not like David Osborne. I don't have a book that has, you know, everything tracked perfectly on my goals, but I have seen, and I, just by pure practice that just writing them down and having a general idea of what you want to accomplish during the year, it's much more likely to happen. And it's something that I need to work on. It's probably one of the things I need to get more, you know, I'm very dialed into being very specific and detailed on, 
do a review, but I probably need to do a little bit more of that on, on the goal setting review. And so there's always room for improvement for everyone. That's why I, I love that group like that and, and meeting individuals such as yourself that are already doing it and doing things that are that, you know, that I do differently or don't do as well. I learn from that. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited because, you know, this is a great time of year to do it. So for anyone that hasn't done it, you can do it now. You know, in my book, I talk a lot about this. So the book just came out. Uh, the Lifestyle Investor, The 10 Commandments for Passive Income and well, 10 Commandments of Cashflow Investing for Passive Income and Financial Freedom. And I, I'm just so excited about not only the commandments, but the philosophies, the strategies. And then I get into a lot of the personal stuff because a lot of this is lifestyle driven. It's not investment driven. It's how to have a great life. And so, you know, a lot of what we're talking about to me is so important. And I, you know, you said, hey, we're kind of transitioning into like goal setting and all that. And I think that's awesome because to me, that's more important than investing, that you are on track with the life that you want. And then you just figure out how to build investments around it that support the lifestyle that you want. Yeah, that'll the investments are what get you there, right? Or create the freedom for you to go do the things that you're passionate about or 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 whatever that may be. So and that's you know, it's a great point on the cash flow. It's PL means nothing. In accounting world, PL is everything, right? And, and cash flow is kind of secondary, but but you know, day-to-day living, cash flow is king. And if you're able to at least meet your expenses, your 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 world opens up. And those goals that we're talking about are much easier to accomplish and much easier to envision. If you're not, you know, if you're not tied down to having to do something, it's, it's a, it's a really amazing feeling. And, um, I'm just thankful that I've had the opportunity to, to do it. That's so cool. Curious. Are you reading anything right now, uh, or listening to anything that is interesting, inspiring, thought provoking? I'm curious what's going on in your world in terms of, you know, personal growth. Sure. Um, I do a lot of podcasts listening. I, I do a ton of that. Obviously, I listen to yours. And then uh, I listen to quite a few others that are some are real estate focused and some aren't at all. You know, for instance, you know, to throw one out there that I really like is Ed Milet's show. He has a lot of variety of, of um, guests on that are anywhere from entrepreneurs to sports athletes. And, I, and sometimes he, it's just him talking. And I, I, I think he's an amazing speaker. And I, I love that podcast. And it kind of opens my world up. Like I said, some are real estate, very real estate specific. Um, and then actually one one area that I've kind of gotten into, you know, within the last three or four years is uh, reading more of Ayn Rand. I really respect her work and the philosophy of objectivism. And it it is actually, you know, of all, I never even, into, I just, I read Atlas Shrugged and I loved it. And, and then, yeah, it was a great book. And, but then I started learning a little bit more about it and the way she defines for you to live your life, to follow these, you know, to figure out what your, your, uh, your virtues are and then live your life so that you're meeting those virtues and, and are happy is kind of like what we've been talking about this whole time is meet, figure out what's important to you and go, go do that and, and, and make rational self-interested decisions to go meet, to have long-term growth and long-term happiness. That's really what it's about is having long-term happiness as an individual. And so it, it, it was a good synergy with what I was kind of already doing anyway, but it was the philosophy behind it that's, uh, that, really, that really has stuck with me. So I've, I've enjoyed you know, reading some of her stuff too. Well, I'll tell you what, it's great that you mentioned that. I had no clue you were going to mention that. I'm a huge Ayn Rand fan. And um, the, the quote that I opened my book up with uh, is this. It's her quote. Money is only a tool it will take you wherever you wish, but it will not replace you as the driver. That's great. I just think it is so powerful. And that's how I wanted to open up my book because that's the truth. It's about you. It's about working on and growing and improving yourself, your skill set, your mindset, your peer group, your mentors. I mean, just being intentional. So uh, you couldn't have uh, thrown out in my world like a better author. That's awesome. Yeah, and that was not planned <laughs> at all. So, uh, Hans, thanks so much for joining today. I have had just a blast talking, as we always do. You know, it, it's great. You know, before we started, I said, hey, you're like, well, what, what's it going to be like? And it's like, well, we're just going to talk and hang out as if no one else is around. You know, like this is this is a conversation. You know, last time we went and uh, met up at... Uh, 
was that cool place over on South Congress? South Congress. Yeah. I don't even remember the name of it. It's like a- or something like that. And, uh, and so, you know, it's just like we're having a conversation there, grabbing some food, grabbing a drink. And, uh, and I love that. So, you know, thanks for showing up and offering so much value. Uh, where can our listeners find out more about you? Because you do syndicate deals and your deals are fantastic. You have an incredible track record. Um, I'm a huge fan. You know, when people ask me about you in the mastermind, I'm like, yeah, I mean, he's great. I, I endorse Hans Box and Doug Wilson and their team. So where can people find out more? Sure. And thanks for the kind words, Justin. Uh, my email is H. B is in boy, O is in Oscar, X is in X-ray at boxwilson.com, hbox at boxwilson.com. And you can also just go to boxwilson.com and check us out. And, you know, we we do syndications, but, you know, we're pretty conservative. We don't do a ton a year. We, We may do one or two a year, depending on what we find. But, you know, if you're interested, just feel free to reach out and happy to chat about anything. And I love talking about passive investing. As you know, you know, I've even, I've given talks on passive investing. So it's kind of a fun, kind of a fun area for me to talk about. Yeah. And you've given a talk. You actually gave a talk at our masterclass. So if you have any interest in, in learning more about that, uh, we've got that at justindonald.com forward slash masterclass. And Hans did an unbelievable job and taught a ton. And it was just fantastic content. So we appreciate it. Let's see. Well, here's here's what I'd like to do. Do you have any last thoughts for our listeners? Well, I think we covered most of everything. You know, I, I think the biggest thing that people need to think about as they get involved in passive investing is to be patient. I meet a lot of new passive investors that are like, I can't find a deal. I can't find a sponsor. I want to put, you know, 50 grand here or 25 grand here and I can't find anybody to invest with or or they just jump in the first deal they see because because they heard it was a good deal and had a good return. Be patient it'll snowball. And, um, it, you know, it's, if you lose, I don't know if your listeners have heard this example, but if you lose 50% of your principal on a deal, you have to make a hundred percent return to get that money back. Right. So it's better not to lose money first and then find return after. So just be patient it, it, be patient and learn. That's great advice. Well, I, I want to end as I always end, which is take some form of action today towards your financial freedom and living the life that you truly desire on your terms. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for listening to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. You can also leave an honest rating and review over on iTunes. Not only do I read every single one, but it also helps me understand what content matters the most to our audience. And if you can think of one or two people who could benefit from this episode, would you share it with them right now? Who knows? Maybe they'll buy you something nice when they make their first million. If you would like access to today's show notes, including links to all the resources mentioned, visit www.justindonald.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next week for another episode of The Lifestyle Investor.